The Start On Demand. On demand. Hey, hey, it's GMAC on behalf of a vacationing Brett McGarry and Loren McNabb. Thanks for downloading, sharing, and subscribing to The Start On Demand, the very best of our 6 a.m. till 10 a.m. live program, The Start On 680 CJOB. This morning we're talking about downtown safety. Will you stop and help someone that appears to be in distress? Your opinions were very strong on both sides of the issue. Many of you saying, no, I do not feel comfortable any longer. I used to stop and help people. I don't anymore. Others saying, if you see something, say something. Pick up the phone. Call 911. Call the non-emergency line. That discussion. Keeping moving and sleep. Your kids, their sleep schedules are all over the place. We'll tell you how you can get them back on track. That and much more right here on the Start On Demand. Let's get right down to business. A brutal assault on a Winnipeg senior has police asking you for help in finding the suspects. The 76-year-old woman was out for a walk in the 200 block of Pacific last Friday morning when she was assaulted. It was 7.40 a.m. and police say the suspects didn't just hit and hurt the woman once, they came back a second time. It was a completely random and vicious assault. She was transported to hospital in critical condition. She's since been upgraded to stable condition, seeking assistance from the public. Anybody that may have been in the area between the hours of 5, 10 a.m. and 7.40 requested to contact police if they had seen anything. The attack on Pacific wasn't just random. The woman actually lay on the ground for several hours before someone stopped and called for help. Again, here is Constable Rachel Vertone. And then she's approached by two persons that viciously assault her, leave her to be on the ground suffering from her injuries. They then later return and then uh, assault her once more and leave her. And she stays there for about two and a half hours before anybody can call for help for her. So the, the call to police, if I, read this, if I read this properly, came just before eight. So she was out there for a couple hours, two and a half hours, Greg, before someone spotted her. It is early. But there are cars and people on the road around, she mentioned in that window, 5.40 a.m. to 7.40 a.m. 7.40 a.m. is a lot of the commute time for folks. So I'm curious if if someone well and truly didn't, is it possible that nobody saw someone laying on the ground at this location? Based on the location? Based on the location? It's possible. It is early. Again, you have less traffic on the road. Or did you see it and didn't know what to do? maybe made an assumption that someone was just sleeping or intoxicated and you move along upon your day? Or did you see it and thought, no way am I stopping because I'm too worried about my own safety to stop? And so I'm wondering if, you know, it's not specific to this incident, but have you ever encountered something like that where one of all those different scenarios played through your mind? You don't know what to do, you actually don't care, or... You think if I do stop, I'm putting myself at risk. And is the larger question, Loren, the idea that perhaps the way we approach those situations has changed over time, either as we've gotten older, more mature, more wise, or in terms of what's happening in our community, have you changed your approach in those situations? I mentioned when we were at Polo Park Studios, there was a guy, he was clearly running a scam on Portage Avenue. Uh, he did it at least half a dozen times over the course of a year, flagging me down and other vehicles. 
my vehicle is broken down over here. I need some help. Yeah, I'll call you. A tow- no, 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 no. I need your help. No, clearly a scam. 986-6200, the non-emergency police line. I have it programmed in my phone because at this, when we come to work in the middle of the night, we see lots of strange stuff. And my normal inclination is to stop and help people. But since I've had kids and since things have sort of changed in air quotes in our community, I've stopped doing that. I'll roll down my window a crack and just say, hey, what do you need? If you don't have a phone, I'm glad to phone But uh, for the most part, I'm just driving by and then phoning. Mm -hmm. And we've got a few texts from listeners about different strategies and things they've witnessed in the city. Because again, as you mentioned in this quote unquote new era that we might be in, feeling like there's more crime. Well, it's not just a feeling. We know violent crime is on the rise. We've heard all sorts of things about meth use in the city and, and how people can act when they're on meth. Well, Clint wrote to say... When I worked at Winnipeg Transit, we were trained to never wake or approach an injured or passed out person due to safety. With drugs nowadays, you never know a person's reaction. If a stranger startles them, I'd call 911 and give the location. So this woman was first assaulted, though, say around 5 in the morning, mm-hmm. laid there till 7.40 before someone saw her. The 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 concept that someone, I'm curious if that person who called 911 actually got out of their car or just saw someone lying there because that plays into the, the whole conversation, right? Mm-hmm. Did you reach out to help? Would you know what to do? Or again, would you just stay in your car and and pick up the phone? Tim brought this to our attention, this story as well. This will have you thinking, I believe. Good morning. I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, I saw a gentleman at 8.30 a.m. on Ellis and Donald lying in the middle of the sidewalk. No one stops in rush hour. Same day, I'm far north on Kiwaiton, a cat Get hit, gets hit by a car and no less than four vehicles pull over, block traffic to help this cat. Mm-hmm. Does that make you think? Yep. Where are we at? If that's what you're, when your priority becomes not seeing a human being lying on the ground and thinking, I wonder if I sh- should do something to help. And then as a follow to that, as Clint Note said about the rules at transit when he was working there about approaching people. Are there safe ways to help? And is it really just staying in your car and calling 911 but not approaching them? I guess it would depend on the number of people on the street, the traffic that time of day. Is there anyone else around to help you? Should you get yourself into a situation? Listener just now texted to say, this is absolutely disgraceful and sad. What is this world coming to? 645, keep those text messages company. We won't be able to read them all on the air, but we do read them all. And if we don't respond to you, it's not because we haven't read them. We appreciate your insight as always. family versus the Moore family. Jeff, would you be good? Would your family be good at this show? Um, I, I don't even know how to answer that question. I don't. I don't think so. <laughs> I think that means it was like a really the, good I just, question. I just like the theme song. It's got the a jaunty bounce to it, which is what you want in a game show theme. I it think. is jaunty. <laughs> good word. I'm writing that down. Jaunty bounce. How about yours, Kelly Moore? Is, is yours equally as jaunty as? Jeff Braun? Well, no, I'm, I'm going to slow the tempo down a bit. I'm just going to say, though, that uh, the Braun family would probably be good at the feud part of it anyway. But uh... <laughs> I'll 
take messing up on the air for 400, please, McNabb. <laughs> what is Loren? <laughs> Who is Loren? <laughs> Was that written by Merv Griffin? Did he write that theme song? I believe so. And yeah, can you imagine how much money uh, old Uncle Merv made off of that? No kidding. I think you have to send a check yeah. to his estate right now, Kelly. You better get out yeah. the checkbook. Yeah, it, it it's a fabulous show, though. And of course, you know, because of the Canadian content, uh, uh, you know, with the host, uh, I just think that, uh, you know, Alex Trebek is, is probably the king of game show hosts, in my opinion. Well, and it's funny uh, because you could argue he took over from another Canadian, a Winnipegger, uh, Monty Hall, who hosted Let's Make a Deal. He yes, might have been yeah. the original king of, yeah. of uh, TV game I, I think in terms of duration, though, you know, and, and sure. just the impact Alex Trebek has had. But, yeah, there's no arguing. Monty Hall was just – and I did have Let's Make a Deal. But, you know, I, I kind of thought the music – I, I, it just to me that Jeopardy music is iconic. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, how about you, Loren? <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> Everybody gee, heard mine I already, right? What it's gonna be? Uh, where is it? Here we go. Oh, what a surprise! You picked the prices right. <laughs> Holy! You may have I heard thought it was this. gonna be password of the dating game. <laughs> I. Part of the problem with me picking the theme song is that I love this show. And so I always, I still to this day oh. would like to be on that show. And so I, I'd like to come on down to that front yeah. row and bid $1 <laughs> on, I don't know, like a random appliance or cleaning tool. And I, I thought uh, Brom was going to pick that because I thought you really loved that show, Jeff. I do, but I thought, I actually thought everybody was either <laughs> going to pick Jeopardy or Price is Right, so I picked something else. Hey, well, what, wasn't uh, one of the guys from um, Breaking Bad, Jesse Pinkman? Yeah, the guy Pink- who played Jesse Pinkman, he was on He was on the Price is Right for real. Is that Aaron Paul? He was famous. Is that Aaron Paul. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Aaron Paul, yeah. Okay, good. See, so I could get on that show, and next thing you know... I'm oh, cooking man. math in a TV show. <laughs> I pay money to watch McNabb scramble out of the stands and run down to the little dais there and then knock everything over. <laughs> I don't know what you're trying to say, Kelly Forche. Mine just makes me want to rave. Who wants to be? This is this millionaire? This is. Yep. Who wants to be a millionaire? Who wants to be a millionaire? I like it. That's great. Of course, you do remind me of Regis Philbin a little bit. Ah, rest his soul. R.I.P. Reg. Very good. Now, this one has been made famous in the movies, in the Austin Powers movies. Oh, yeah. Written by Quincy Jones, Soul Bossa Nova. Also the theme song for Canadian game show. Kelly Moore. I'm going to say truth or consequences. So close. Definition. Hosted by Jim Perry. Not Jim Carrey? Today we are heading to Winkler to learn about a hidden gem in that community, Loren. And you said yesterday, Loren... (laughs) <laughs> Have you ever heard of the Discover Nature Sanctuary? And my immediate response was, nope, I haven't. We need to find out more. So Paul Gosen is the chair of the Discovery Nature Sanctuary Community, and he joins us now. Good morning, Paul. Good morning. Any rain in your parts before we get going? You know, I see a few little drops on our uh, 
on the window pane here, but nothing serious yet. So tell us a bit more about the center. What happens there? What is it? Well, the uh, Discovery Nature Sanctuary is kind of a, a unique place in the, in the city of Winkler. Uh, Winkler, of course, is about 95 kilometers southwest of Winnipeg there. And uh, it's, um, it's actually a, uh, a natural um, oasis, actually, in an urban environment. So this nature sanctuary is right in the city of Winkler. And normally, you don't think of um, nature sanctuaries right within cities or, or uh, even, uh, you know, within some of these urban areas. But it's it's such a cool place uh, for, for people to come and visit. We um, we got approval from the city of, of Winkler in 2017 to go ahead with this um, this sanctuary. And uh, it's located in the northeast corner of Winkler. It's about uh, 35 acres or 14 hectares. Uh, and it's got woodland habitat, it has grassland habitat and wetlands. And uh, so there's just a diversity of, uh, of plants and animals that use that site. In fact, I think we've got um, latest count or so is, uh, is over 100 species of birds that have been documented uh, in that area. Um, there's also, you know, a couple of kilometers of trails for people to walk. Um, those that are I've got mobility issues. Uh, we've got an accessibility trail too. There's benches to rest and relax, and just observe the um, you know the, the natural surrounding around it. So uh, yeah, it's a very peaceful and relaxing people the place. People love to come and, and just spend an evening walking around and enjoying the place. Boy, you've done an amazing job of painting a picture, a radio picture, as our friend Richard Cluche might say. And I'm imagining something like a combination of Fort uh, Fort White Alive and uh, maybe Oak Hammock Marsh right in the heart of Winkler, the northeast corner there. Am I, am I on the right track there, Paul? You're on the right track. We're certainly uh, the uh, the smaller, uh, newer cousin on the block, so to speak. Uh, those two centers you mentioned, obviously, have been around for a long time and uh, got a lot of infrastructure and stuff. But we're, uh, you know, just with the recent development, uh, you know, over the last three years, we've made uh, tremendous progress. And we've had such terrific support by the uh, the city of Winkler and uh, Pembroke Valley Watershed uh, district and and uh, donors and it's it's just it's amazing and one of the um, the things that uh, we're very excited about and this has just recently been completed is our uh, outdoor education center um, the uh, co-op uh, community spaces grant uh, provided us with uh, substantial funding to uh, to build this uh, this structure and it's basically uh, a, sort of a large outdoor classroom if you will uh, with uh, with views to the sanctuary, uh, it's open airflow. Um, we've got picnic tables in there, and and um, so it's it's open to the public. Um, you know, families may want to come there and bring a picnic lunch or something. And and one of the things that we'd really love to to see, uh, and it's happened already, but we'd love to see more of that is uh, these the nature sanctuary and the outdoor uh, education center used as a uh, opportunity for school schools to use these this site where they can um, you know literally uh, see what they've been learning in the classroom and apply it you know in a, in a very generic sense uh, right right there so um, yeah 
yeah, we're pretty excited about that uh, that new development. Well, there's no lesson like the hands-on lesson, Paul. Before we let you go, what's the feedback been since you've opened? Is it busy, particularly because in these COVID times, so many people are looking to get outdoors, stay outdoors, and, and explore different parts of the province? Well, you know, uh, we've had really good response to this place. Uh, we've had hundreds and hundreds of, uh, of uh, students that have used the site, schools that have used the sites, and uh, we've... The, the, the general public loves to come there. It's a place for uh, bird watchers or people who are interested in uh, nature photography. And, um, you know, it, we've also got a, um, a pollinator garden that has just uh, started, too, and, and which is going to be helping Manitoba natives, native bees. So people that are interested in, in seeing what a pollinator garden is, it's, it's, a, it's a neat place just to go and, and, uh, and find out and learn more about, uh, about that. So... Yeah, so we're we're uh, we're extremely grateful, and people can learn more. Uh, we're on Facebook. Um, we have a website as well, uh, www.discoverynaturesanctuary.ca, so they can learn more about um, about the place. And and certainly, we welcome visitors. Well, visitors are are definitely vi- uh, welcome to uh, to stroll the uh, stroll the place and um, and explore the city of Winkler if you've never been to this area before. Oats. Standing visit uh, virtually with you this morning, Paul. Thank you so much for for your descriptions and thanks for what you're doing in the city of Winkler. Uh, we will uh, have to uh, get out there and uh, visit face to face when it's safe to do so. Thank you, Paul. Oh, thank you. And appreciate your interest. Absolutely. Paul Gosen, he is the chair of the Discovery Nature Sanctuary Committee in Winkler, discoverynaturesanctuary.ca if you want to take a peek at that facility before taking the, uh, oh, but it's just about an hour or so from the south end mm-hmm. of Winnipeg to get to Winkler. A release just went out seconds ago informing us that at 1 p.m., Dr. Brent Rusin and the Education Minister, Kelvin Gertzen, will be sharing with us this return to school plan. That's at one. We're going to speak with the School Boards Association in just a moment about what they're hearing. But first, we want to revisit the topic we just discussed about when you see someone hurt or you're worried someone's hurt on the side of the road. This is in relation to the 76-year-old who laid there for two and a half hours last week well before a 911 call was made. What do you do? What's your response? Kristen texted, if you see someone laying there and you think they're hurt, you call it in. If you see someone laying there and you think it's a ruse, you call it in. If you see something that doesn't seem right and you aren't in a position to deal with it yourself, call it in. Seems pretty simple to me. And this was in relation to the fact that we also had several listeners say, hey, sometimes it is a ruse. Sometimes you're being suckered in. And Paul shared something with us, Greg. Yeah, happened to my neighbor in the area, he says. Bike laying in the middle of the road, stopped to move it. And as he got out, two people jumped him. Knife to throat, asking for ATM and PIN while one went to get money. The one came back with the cash. They took his car and wallet. Luckily, he wasn't hurt. So those stories obviously affect whether or not you're going to get involved. But there are ways to get involved. Throwing up your hands, and I think Kristen makes a great point. You're still part of the community. There is a way to get involved. If you don't want to physically put yourself in harm's way, there is an opportunity. There are several ways for you to get involved. But let's start this hour with Manitoba's back to school plan. Will be revealed today as Loren, as you mentioned, one o'clock today. While it's not clear if it will answer many lingering questions like whether students will be mandated to wear masks, school is a go. We know that regardless of this plan that we'll hear more of at 1 p.m., Some of the details are going to be left up with individual school divisions. Alan Campbell is the president of the Manitoba School Boards Association and joins us now. Good morning, Alan. 
Good morning. This is the most simplest of questions. September 8th is the date we've been given. As far as you know, is it still a go for September 8th? As far as we know, we are still a go for September 8th. Alan, what kind of information do you have? Have you been getting anything? Has there been consultation? Take us inside the process, if there has been one, involving your organization. Uh, There has been. um, As we've talked about quite a bit, the School Boards Association, along with the superintendents, uh, the school business officials, and the Teachers Society, have been at the table uh, of the uh, response planning team with the uh, Deputy Minister of Education and her team uh, for for the whole pandemic, basically. Um, it, uh, it slowed down a bit in July, but then as we got ready to uh, release further details at the end of July and, and ever since then, we've been back into full regular daily, if not weekly, consultation with government um, between school boards and those that work for school divisions. When it comes to the how it was previously announced, we know last month they said, look, it's going to be this approach where K to four, you're going to go full time. Possibly the older kids in high school might go alternate days. Can you give us a bit of sense of are we still sticking with that sort of strategy in terms of what it will look like for the elementary kids and what it will look like for high school? Yeah, my understanding is that we're we're maintaining consistent in terms of uh, in terms of what was released initially um, at the end of July. Uh, I will defer, though, of course, to Dr. Rusin this afternoon in case public health has made any amendments to to that. But I think generally we can expect uh, that uh, K to eight uh, will continue with the plan to be in school every day, uh, provided cohorts can be maintained, and then um, for high school grades. It will look different because cohorts are more diff- diff- difficult to maintain, of course, when uh, classes are more on, a, on an elective basis. And apologies, I said K-4. to I meant K-8 to is going to be full-time. High school, as you mentioned, might have those some of those alternate scheduling there, Alan. So that's going to stick around. Masks has been a big question. I know we talked to you a few weeks ago. We weren't sure where that was going to go. Is there an answer to that yet in terms of whether or not it will be mandated? Masks has been a big question, and it has been... It has been a, a significant uh, source of conversation uh, at all levels for for days and days now. Um, I will uh, I will leave it to Dr. Rusin and Minister Gertson to provide uh, the details uh, on where we will go forward as a province. Um, and once everything is uh, once once they confirm the plan with regard to masks today, which is what we anticipate. Uh, we'll be able to weigh in further from the school board's perspective. Uh, Alan, not necessarily the nature, unless you want to share with us the, the nature of the feedback from uh, not only staff and teachers, but also parents. What, are you hearing a lot? Are people weighing in ahead of this announcement? Have you been getting unsolicited or solicited feedback? Um, we have. Feedback of any kind is great. Uh, solicited or unsolicited, we want to engage with the public at the school board level. We know that as school principals uh, are back in in their buildings uh, and engaging with staff and with and with communities more, we're hearing more and more. And we recognize, and I know Minister Gertson has referenced it many times. We recognize a level of concern out there about the unknowns of the return to school, and we know that uh, even though today's plan has been created in consultation with local school boards. Um, it will not reflect every intricacy that every Manitoba parent has in mind and the concerns that are out there. And, and we're, our commitment is to continue to do our level best in partnership with government to produce a plan that makes sense for every school in the province, whether it's 
it's questions around um, mandating masks, as we've heard in other jurisdictions, uh, and the challenges that the, that a mandating approach has created, or if it's recommending or highly recommending masks, and the challenges that that different approach has created um, for school boards and and for costs, particularly PPE costs are a significant consideration. But especially um, transportation costs. Some of the some of the guidelines around transportation will prove extremely challenging to provide busing, which is why school boards and government have both reached out to parents to say, if you are able to transport your own children to and from school for the short term anyway, please let us know. And, and Alan, uh, on that, do we have a percentage and the number of parents who said, yes, I'm, I'm good to drive and yes, I'm sending my kids to school? Do we have an actual number people can work with? I do not. I do not have a provincial number because every school division Every school division's transportation network is different, obviously. They do things differently in St. Patel as opposed to St. Malo or St. Francis Xavier. And, and I think when you consider those variables, the ask is different. Uh, is some of them are, we, you know, we need you to do this, and others are, please let us know if you would consider this and we'll follow up. Alan Campbell is the president of the Manitoba School Boards Association. Thank you for your time, Alan. Getting back to school and getting back on a sleep schedule is where we start this half hour. This is a lullaby of sorts. It is. Can you recognize the song? It's only because I can see it right here. So no. It's Rockabye Baby. They've got these great CDs. They've been out for about 15, maybe a little bit longer. Rockabye Baby rendition of Enter Sandman from Metallica. Rockabye by Baby also has uh, CDs and music from Snoop Dogg, Nirvana. Why am I whispering? Guns and Roses, Bob to. Marley, Shania Twain is in the works. I think we had a Led Zeppelin one for the boys when they were babies. Try and indoctrinate them with our with our music. <laughs> Loves and fetishes. <laughs> we're talking about sleep because, well, you know what? At the best of times, getting your kids to bed at an appropriate time is a challenge. From Bush pushback on shutting down the electronics to an argument about which one of their friends gets to stay up until what time. It can be a living nightmare in some homes. In our house, Loren, it's sometimes referred to as the witching hour. What about Casa McNabb? Well, the challenge this year is that, you know, Sunday, summer, you always let, relax your rules a little bit. It's time for kids to relax, parents to relax. You have later nights. You might uh, stay up, have different movies on, that kind of thing. The issue is this year, when COVID hit in March, we all were at home. And personally, in our situation, we tried really hard to stick to a schedule as we worked through the remainder of the school year. But that fell away far earlier than it would have in normal years and so I just jokingly said in many ways I think the kids in different homes are feral right now it's almost like these wild animals that have been they've had a great time they've been running around and loving finally being able to be back with their friends and so therefore I feel getting the kids back on schedule me back on schedule like lots of us let our rules slip in summer so we need advice on what to do here and so for that we're joined by Dr. Kirsten Worth Worth Behavioral Health Services she's a psychologist and also author of the book how to get your child to go to sleep and stay asleep. Good morning, Dr. Worth. Morning. Sleep training. I did this with babies. Can I do it again with 9, 10, 11-year-olds? <laughs> 
Yeah, but it's a lot different <laughs> with okay. the older kids than when with the younger kids. Yeah, I can only imagine. So what do we keep in mind when we're trying to reintroduce the idea of an appropriate bedtime? Uh, why don't we start with how many hours of sleep are, are needed based on uh, different age groups of kids? So this is, I think, one of the most critical pieces of information for families because most parents really underestimate the amount of sleep that kids need. Um, and so I, for most families that I see, um, especially when they come to see me for behavior problems, they'll say, oh, well, my kids get, you know, eight hours of sleep per night, so they're great. And I'm like, no, they're six, and they need more like 12. <laughs> so, like, infants and toddlers, are, you're still going to be looking at napping, and you're going to talk around, like, 14 hours of sleep in a 24-hour period. Um and when they switch over from the naps to not napping anymore, it's it's not a complete cut of those number of hours. It's more of a consolidation of some of those hours. So when kids are starting to go to school, they still need 12 hours of sleep per night. Well, I've, I've been thinking about, and apologies, about, about that alarm going off. There hasn't been an alarm set in our house since March for the kids, truthfully. Like, and, and so... Uh, which has been great in many ways, but we need to get them back on schedule. And, I, and I'm and i wondering how much time we're supposed to give ourselves. Do we, we start right now saying you have to go right back to that school bedtime? Or can we like, is there some sort of wean-in process instead of a wean-off? Well, there's, there's options. So there there's the cold turkey approach where you just set the wake time. And then no matter what time you're going to bed, you got to wake up at that time. And then it makes it easier to go back to bed. But that's going to produce a lot of irritability and other behavior problems that you probably rather not deal with. Um, I think it'd be better to start setting limits and doing a gradual fade to the, to the right time. So I know a lot of teens right now are kind of doing the video game thing until God knows what time in the morning and then um, sleeping until three o'clock in the afternoon. So it'd probably be a good idea to start setting limits on their screen time and uh, at kind of, I don't know, sometime before midnight, depending on what time we're talking about for those older guys. And then gradually moving back, you know, in 15 or 30 minute increments so that they can start waking up earlier and earlier. So that's just going to automatically get them started waking up earlier. And they're already so sleep deprived that they can easily go to bed. A little bit earlier every night with no problem. Right. Well, let's talk about that sleep deprivation and the issues that it can cause because your kids might be having behavior problems and you think it's one thing when it may be, and obviously we don't want to make a blanket statement here, but it may be connected to how much sleep they're getting or more likely how much sleep they're not getting. That is absolutely the case. And so anytime I have families come in for help with their kids' behavior problems, the first thing I start doing is asking about their sleep. Um, Not only are you going to have a lot more behavior problems, and for some kids that might be aggression, that might be hyperactivity, um, that might be risk-taking, especially as they get older, it's more like making bad decisions kind of things that happen. But then there's also, you know, irritability, inattention. Um, a lot of the symptoms that come with ADHD are also a sign of sleep deprivation. And so a lot of kids actually in the research have not actually had a, a true diagnosis of ADHD once they've corrected their sleep patterns. So it's really, really important for learning 
and for getting along with people and just daily functioning. Um, And even for adults, you know, MPI had data back in 2014 showing that collisions increased by 40% the day after the time change. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting you mentioned that time change because there's been different thoughts along the way as to whether or not that's true, if it really contributes or not uh, and to collisions. But we do know, uh, Dr. Worth, that that loss of an hour, so a loss of any hour can lead to all sorts of problems. Uh, you mentioned behavioral issues and there's also anxiety. There could be other things along the way. And this is going to be a really different return to school. And so the conversations people need to be having in their homes about how we prep their kids are perhaps more important now than ever before, not just on sleep, but on the mask question. We were asking this morning, we know, I know kids who are concerned about having to wear masks. I've heard it from um, different people in my circle about, oh, I don't know if I want to wear one all day. That's going to be hard or worrisome or scary. So what should we be talking to them about as we march towards September 8th? Well, there's a, there's a couple of different things, and it really depends on the kid, because if we're talking about a kid that has anxiety, or I work with a lot of kids with autism, for example, where seeing someone wearing a mask is just a, a total deal breaker for them, um, we could be talking about doing some real desensitization, but also just giving education. This is similar to what I was um talking about last week um, when we were talking about anxiety going back to school and stuff just giving kids the facts in a in a factual way where we're not panicked but this is what's safe and here's why we do it and it's safer if we you know the same kind of talks that we give kids about immunizations you know like my my kids don't like getting immunizations but they know that they're safer from the flu and things like that if they get their flu shot and so having that kind of a conversation just about you know we don't have to be afraid but we're much safer and here's the reasons why and having those conversations on kind of a daily basis just gives that exposure to kids on the topic and seeing the masks and they're probably seeing them out of the house more often um, that's going to help a lot. Kirsten, thank you for this. As always, we appreciate your insight. And uh, once again, the book, and, uh, you know, it, it'll work for you depending on the age of your child, how to get your child to go to sleep and stay asleep. But uh, sleep is going to be on a lot mm-hmm. of parents' minds over the next several days as we head towards September 8th. Thanks for this. Yeah, you're welcome. Have a good day. And to loyal listener Arthur's point, he just made in a text, there's also all sorts of people returning to post-secondary school or starting college for the first time or that sort of thing. And it's not just kids and teenagers that struggle with sleep. Adults do. Oh, I do too. There's all sorts of people that need to get back into a routine. And then, of course, as far as masks are concerned, we've had different post-secondary schools come out with mask policies. So uh, ACC and Brandon? ACC and Brandon is going to be doing it. Um, I'm trying to... find in our thread where we have other information on masks in schools, but Red River College uh, is not making them mandatory. And so there's all sorts of things that are going to be going on as we move forward, not just for our young ones, but all of us. September is it's time for so many of us to have to regroup. Thank you again, Dr. Kirsten Worth, Worth Behavioral Health Services. Josh Kane is a volunteer with the Terry Fox Run here in Winnipeg. He joins us now. Good morning, Josh. 
Good morning. Thanks for having me. Uh, absolute pleasure. Uh, Josh is also a certified personal trader at Fit Body Boot Camp, Winnipeg South. And what are you doing in order to uh, get the blood flowing, get us in shape, and also have us thinking about Terry Fox uh, just a week or so removed from Terry Fox Day here in Manitoba, Josh? Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, you know, we're we're trying to focus on getting people together somehow without being able to actually host our big event, right? So uh, we're, we've been wrestling that with that for a little bit, and we're like, we have this uh, idea to do a Terry Fox virtual run. Um, so you know, that's coming up September 20th, and we can chat a bit about that uh, before I go. But what we're doing this weekend and next weekend is we're starting a fundraising boot camp outdoors at Assiniboine Park. That sounds so, great. Yeah, it's going to be lots of fun. And uh, really, a lot of people, I think, are kind of scared of the gym right now um, because of, you know, COVID. And, uh, but really, right now, we need to be focusing on our health more than ever before, right? Um, so we're trying to both encourage people to give it a shot, try out some boot camps, uh, and then uh, it just seems like a really good, a good way to raise some money for the Terry Fox Run Winnipeg. Because as it turns out, if we can fundraise more money to rent Assiniboine Park next year for what we hope will be the return of our big run, um, then more money goes to cancer research. And I think everyone's on board with that. Yeah, and then you're ahead of the game too a bit, Josh, because it'll feel like yourself and for so many charities and different organizations, they feel behind the game a bit because they cannot fundraise as normal. And this is such a great cause, not just to... Uh, for a Canadian icon, Terry Fox, and for cancer, but for the idea that, you know, as you said, getting fit, we talked about it this morning, you know, all of us are, you might not be in shape as we once were. All our habits have changed over the past five months, and thinking about our health and mental health is part of the whole equation too. Yeah, I think a few of us have put on an actual <laughs> COVID-19, so it's <laughs> we need to try and uh, keep, keep as healthy as we can. But uh, So with these fundraising boot camps, they're going to be at Assiniboine Park um, this Saturday, next Saturday at 11 a.m. They are absolutely free to attend, as Terry Fox would have wanted. He always was all about participation, so we're on board with that. But anything that anyone could donate uh, will stay right here for Terry Fox Run Winnipeg. And, uh, you know, maybe maybe you'll end up loving that boot camp. Who knows? Maybe you stay healthy and you start uh, doing it a bit more often. So tell us a little bit about this boot camp and some of the exercises you might be doing, maybe not to scare anyone, but just to, to prepare us for what we might be doing if, if we get involved. Oh, you bet. And that's a really smart call because uh, usually with lots of boot camps, uh, it's a very high intense, uh, it is high intensity interval training. So um, what uh, we are the masters of here at Fit Body Boot Camp, I, I, I personally <laughs> call myself the master. I, I don't have any certifications for it, but um, I try and keep in mind somebody who's having their first workout versus someone who's having their 1,000th workout. This workout's got to be something that, that it, um, accustoms to both people, right? Because if you have hip problems, that shouldn't stop you from working out. And I have multiple clients um, that have hip issues, shoulder issues, and with low-impact options, which I have for every exercise that needs it, um, there is a way to keep working hard without risking um, which a lot of us are worried about without risking our knees or our hips or anything like that. And I am right on board with that. We want you to work out safely. So things like squat, if push-ups aren't your thing, um, I do have ways of modifying it. And then I also have some cardi- um, cardiovascular exercises I can switch to instead. So nobody will be standing there and feeling like they can't participate. I feel like push-ups are no one's thing, but that's just me. <laughs> I, I hear what you're saying because lots of people hear high intensity and they think they're going to be, you know, jumping jacks in their knees and all the rest. It's really about getting your heart rate going. And this effort is about getting people going and thinking about 
what's coming in September. Can you tell us a bit about that, Josh, in terms of you know, the Terry Fox day as usual is not going to, Terry Fox run won't happen as usual. So what will be happening? You bet. Well, we have a, a, quite a few things happening. So that's why the best place to get your updates is that Facebook page, Terry Fox Run Winnipeg. Um, but what we're working up to is instead of our um, our usual run at Assiniboine Park this year, we're doing a Terry Fox virtual run. So on September 20th, what we're asking for is for everyone that goes out and has a run that day um, to, of course, a be uh, thinking of Terry, his values, what he was, what his mission was to help others. Right, he's just such an amazing individual, and he comes from Winnipeg. So um, it's it's really important that we keep that going here. So the virtual run will be asking you to share a photo. Uh, with the hashtag try like Terry. Uh, that's where we're going with this year, hashtag try like Terry, um, because Terry would never stop. And even during a pandemic, we got to find ways to never stop. We got to keep pushing. So that virtual run, take a picture, take a video, share it online with that hashtag, and really, we will all be together. Josh, one more time, uh, the way people can get information, and you've got a list of things that people should bring here. Uh, hit up the Facebook page. What is it one more time? It's Terry Fox Run Winnipeg on Facebook there, and then you can also check out um, the Fit Body Bootcamp Winnipeg South. If you can message us there, then I can uh, point you in the right direction. And if anyone has any questions, please message because I have access to both pages and I will answer you. Right on. Terry Fox Run Winnipeg Volunteer. He's also Fit Body Bootcamp Winnipeg South Coach and Certified Personal Trainer. He just had, had nobody's certified him as a master yet. Uh, I, I guess uh, <laughs> we'll have to find somebody to do that. Josh Kane, thanks for your time. Thanks for your efforts and, and really appreciate you uh, having and, and helping Terry fox's legacy uh live on in our community it's such an important thing for so many of us thank you sir well thank you very much we really appreciate that and uh we appreciate you guys helping us out too keep up the great work guys hey thanks for listening to the start podcast we are available on apple podcast google podcast wherever you find your favorite podcasts subscribe now and never miss an episode and if you like what you hear rate the show tell us what you think And hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG. That's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global. And on Instagram, at McNab on CJOB. Talk soon.